I want to talk to you about who Jesus is. I love to talk about Jesus, who he is. If I may say the theme of the Gospels is who is Jesus. Starting right out to the beginning and going all the way to the last chapter of each Gospel, it describes who is Jesus, who he is. I say is because he is. Well, I may say it this way. He was, he is, and he is to come. Uh, Almighty God. And, but those, when, when people ask me about the Bible and they maybe make a profession of faith in Christ, I'll try to guide them into starting reading. Don't start in Genesis. Don't start in the Pentateuch. That's good. You want to do that. But start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Or you can go to the book of John and read it over and over again, just the book of John. That's where your baby Christian needs to start out because if you don't know who Jesus is, he's the centerpiece of the whole book. The theme of the Bible is redemption. And who's the redeemer? Jesus. So it makes sense to me that he would be the theme and the centerpiece. All, everything flows. Everything flows to Jesus, both Old and New Testament. We'll talk to you, do another expository sermon tonight. John chapter 5, verse 17 through 24. Somebody told me I'm a little nasally. Yeah, I know it. <clears throat> That's a hangover from having a sinus congestion for a couple of weeks. Um, this passage is pregnant with truth. Pregnant with truth. Hopefully we'll mine a little bit out and birth some of it tonight. Um, I do, do want to make this clear that this morning I talked about a whippoorwill in Florida. Uh, I was wrong on that. It was a Chuck Will Widow. You birders out there, Chuck Will Widow. That's the name of that bird. I got on the internet, Brother Tom, of course, brought that to my attention because he is a good birder. And I listened to both the calls and the call of the whippoorwill, northern whippoorwill, is different than the Chuck Will Widow, which is the one we hear, I guess, down here. And I personally, I prefer ours over yours. But anyway, <laughs> those are different birds. Um, but I did see a real red-headed woodpecker, okay, that, that I confirmed. John chapter 5, verse 17, 24, let me read it quickly for you, and we'll mine some things out of it. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. i got to stop. That's why I work. That's why you work. And if you're working for any other reason than that, it's the wrong reason. Why do you go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, tithe and, and go door to door and in, and in the bus ministry or anything? Uh, I hope the nursing homes open up pretty soon. We'll open that up again and, and get in there. And, and, and why do we do all this? School, you know, teachers. Why do they do that? Wendy and Pam and Miss Moats and others. And What do you do? What do you work? Because my father works. There is coming a night 
which no man can work. There's going to be a time when I can't work anymore. I've already had that recently. There's going to be a time when you don't get to work anymore. You don't get to work. People look at work sometimes like it's a curse. Man, it's a curse not to work. Even in this world, even in this world, work was a blessing from God. Man, boredom is a curse. Boredom is a curse. Video games are curses. I'm getting, oh, I got a sermon against all these video games. I got it worked up, already done, ready to preach. I'm, I'm just going to give you a little hint on what that's going to be. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. You read it. You read it. Whatsoever things are true. How much time are you spending in fiction? Oh, you girls reading them big, thick fiction books? It isn't just video game people, people. Oh, no. Big fiction books. I'm into medieval fiction. I'm into Star Wars fiction. I'm into this fiction. The Bible says, whatsoever things are true, meditate on those things. Put them, and by the way, that's an imperative command in the last part. Think on these things. That's a bonus, by the way, for watching. <laughs> Think on these things. Well, we're going to go through that, and... But uh, because I believe there's a deception going on to steal your time. My father worketh hitherto, and I work. That's why we work. Because our father works. Jesus worked. The disciples worked. All those great cloud of witnesses before us have worked. And given their lives and were sawing asunder and hidden mountains or went around naked without food. Of the world, whom the world was not even worthy. And because of them, and because of Jesus, mostly we were. Yeah, that's good. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him. What? Because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Underline that, that's big. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily I say unto you, that only occurs in the book of John, by the way, the verily, verily, truly, truly. The Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son. Show them all. Circle the word. All. Words mean some. Show them all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Wow, we ought to underline that phrase. Quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but committeth, uh-oh, there it is again, all judgment under the Son. How much? Yeah. Then look at verse 23, that all, how many? All men should honor the Son. And if I may say this, they all will. The devil himself and everybody else is going to honor the Lord Jesus Christ for who he is. Woo, what a day that will be when Jesus we shall see. Every knee shall bow, right? Every tongue shall confess. They're going to honor the Son. 
I would suggest you to honor him before you have to. Honor him while you get to for free, while you're doing it of your own free freedom and free will. Honor the Son everywhere you go. Honor the Son. Honor the Son. Lift Him up. Lift Him up. Honor the Son. Speak of Him highly. Of course, if you represent Him, live like indeed you would honor the Son by your life. But anyways, committeth all judgment. He, he, that all men should honor the Son, even, boy, you got to circle that word, even as they honor the Father, he that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father, which has sent Him. It looked like an equality there that even as, in fact, that's what it is, the same as. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. I'm hanging my hat on that. The undeniable, credible testimony of Jesus' identity we find here in John chapter 5 or 17 through 24. There's no greater controversy anywhere in the Bible than the one we're discussing tonight. It is the identity of Jesus Christ. The question raised up and that echoes down the chambers of the halls of the Bible are, who is this? Who is this? It was raised at his birth, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, following. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being just man, not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away, privately. That's divorce her. He could divorce her because he had not had consummation. Once you consummate a marriage, there is no biblical divorce. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. And this is it right here. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. That's the answer in the question. Who is Jesus? Who is this? Well, he's first of all conceived of the Holy Ghost. It was raised when he was a teenager. Luke chapter 2, verse 49. How is it that you sought me? You remember when he, when he stayed back and they all took up? Now, I got, I got a lot of questions about that passage when I, when I get there. Like, how do you lose your kid for about three days before you, before you figure out he's not there? I mean, there's a different culture, no doubt. My kind of culture, for sure. <laughs> but they weren't really, they weren't overly... Uh, fretting about where he was at, that's for sure. How is it that you sought me was not that I must be about my father's business? I thought that would insult Joseph. It didn't because Joseph knew who his father was, the Holy Ghost. It did not insult him. It was not insulting. But he said, you should know that I'm about my father's business. And they didn't understand it like they should have, but he kind of told them, squirted them away. But it was that had to do with who is he? He's of his father. Who's his father he's talking about? Not Joseph. It was raised by the Holy... It was raised uh, with John the Baptist. Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John answered and said unto them, All I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So who is he? He's one coming that's going to baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Who could baptize? Who has that authority? 
John the Baptist did not have it. He was the greatest man born of woman on the earth. It was raised also the crowds that heard him and saw his works. Luke chapter 5, verse 21 said, And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They were right on that. Nobody can forgive sins but God. They were right on that. What was puzzling them is they didn't understand the conclusion of that reasoning or logic was this must be God. That actually was the correct answer. They were not willing to accept it as a correct answer, however. And it, it, it blew their mind. Luke chapter 7, verse 49, And they sat at meat with him and began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgives sin? John chapter 12, verse 34, And the people answered, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? They were questioning what about what's going on here. Matthew 21, 10. When he was come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved. That was a triumphant entry, as we call it. The whole city was moved, saying, who is this? It was raised by his closest friends and companion. Luke chapter 8, verse 25. He said unto them, where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? In other words, basically, who is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Again, who is this? It was raised at his trial and crucifixion. Mark chapter 14, 61. But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? He was asking, Who are you? Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said, If I tell you, you would not believe. Eventually he did agree with them, and they tore their clothes. They would not accept it. And he was right. If I tell you, you will not believe. It was a matter of concern for Mary and Martha when their brother died. John chapter 11, verse 27, he said, Yea, Lord, I believe, I believe that was Martha that said, For thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. That's what you want to hear. Do you believe that tonight? He is the Christ, the Son of God, that could come into the world. It was, a, it was a concern for the crowd that heard the woman at the well. In John chapter 4, verse 42, the woman said unto them, he said, Now we believe, they said unto her, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this indeed, this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. You know, the woman at the well, as far as I can tell, is the first person he revealed himself to straight up and down. I am the Christ. This old girl... I've been married five times. Jaja Gabor didn't have much on her. I mean, you remember Jaja Gabor? Most of you go, well, who's Jaja? Well, the old folks know exactly what I'm talking about. I think she married seven times. I'm not sure. Now, don't fact check me. Some of you on your phones right now, how many times was Jaja Gabor on? Hey, hey, Brother Walling, you hang around these young guys. Everything you say, they got pretty soon over the side going, uh, uh, no, well, did, well, did he really? Is this right? And then they go, hey, well, Google, you were wrong on that. I'm getting tired of being wrong. <laughs> Don't fact check me on all that. Just take it by faith. 
Fact check me later. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art to Christ, the Son of the living God. When he was asked, who, who do men say that I am? I like that answer. That's one of my favorites. John 6, 69, We believe and assure that thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. That was a, almost a duplicate. And by the way, Jesus told Peter, he said, Now, oh, oh, you didn't get that from your natural reasoning ability, did you? You didn't get that from the flesh. You got that from the Spirit of God. You said in this room tonight or by TV or whatever, and you say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do not take that for granted. Only the Holy Spirit could teach you that. You say, has God ever spoken to you? Yes. And he is speaking to you. You believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? That is a revelation from the Holy Spirit. And by the way, that's also for your salvation because you have to believe that to be saved. I like the identity of this. The identity was in question as one so-called, uh, one called Jesus. I believe it's paramount, paramount to know who Jesus is. If you diminish him, you call him and those who testified about him a liar. If you deny him, you stand up against the best evidence to a person's identity ever assembled. If you ignore him, you put your head in the sand, refuse to look at the evidence. If you make a mistake here, you miss the main point of the Bible and will die in your sins. You'll die in your sins. Nothing would be worse than to die in your sins. Nothing. So let's go back to the verse 17 and 18 and a few of these other places real quickly and do a little summation on how, this, how Jesus, if I may say in this passage, identified himself to us and to them. So we have the testimony of his identity, the testimony of the Jews, verse 17 and 18, the first two verses. He said they're making him, he said in verse 18, you make yourself equal with God. Consistently, those who were in the know on who God was and what he did keep accusing Jesus of making himself equal with God. Did you get that? Okay, we're 2,000 years, approximately 2,000 years off, not quite, and it'll be 2032 before we're actually 2,000 years out. We're almost there. We're a long way from the event. Now, you know, eyewitnesses, you people that, that deal with law or know about law, the closer to the event, the better the witness. In other words, the stronger the testimony. To the place of eyewitness being the strongest testimony in law is our eyewitnesses. Now, the Bible says that you can't convict somebody on one eyewitness. You have to have the testimony of two, possibly three just recently, I read an article how an eyewitness can be wrong, meaning a one-person witness can be wrong. And I bet there's been people sent to jail on the testimony of one person. They thought that was the guy. They would have swore that was the guy, but it ended up not being the guy, right? So that's why the Bible says, hey, let's not do any of this. Don't do anything without two or three witnesses. And you say, well, that means some people that are guilty will get away. Yes, they will. But innocent people won't be put in jail or killed or whatever either. And that's how important it is not to 
not to falsely accuse an innocent person. It's important in the Bible that innocent people are not accused falsely. And they're protected by that. Pastors are protected by that. The people closest to the event are the most credible. Do you say amen to that? Okay. So these people which were right there, they heard Jesus' voice. They heard the inflection of his voice. They saw his body language and and the context of what it was spoken in. It doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that. Um, I have talked to Jehovah's Witnesses and liberals that said Jesus never meant to portray himself as God. Now, these are people thousands of years away from the event who don't like the outcome of the fact if he is God, they're responsible to him. They don't like that. Just like the Pharisees didn't like it when they were standing in front of me. They don't like it today. And so their credibility is pretty poor. Uh, I usually, usually talk to them and say, what are you, do you believe the Bible at, at all? And what you find is they, they have a very low view of Scripture. They believe the Bible somehow contains the Word of God. They don't know what part of it is, but surely some of it's the Word of God, but much of it is not. It could not have been passed down without large error. That's the, that's the uh, mind of unbelief. The God that I serve that made the whippoorwill, or if I may say Chuck Will Widow, what a name for a bird. The guy must have been drunk when he named that bird. Chuck Will Widow. Whoever made that bird, I think I'll trust him. I'll trust him. He had to be created. Nobody would create a song like that. I, the other day, there was a, a mockingbird up in, above us, and he, I can't not hear them anymore. But my wife sat there, and I could tell her face, the pleasant look on her face. And uh, I thought it was because she was with me. And, and uh, you know, I, I looked at her, and I said, uh, man, what? and she said, no, don't you hear that? I said, hear what? She said, that mockingbird just singing, and what a variegated tune. Only God does that, folks. Only God does that. I hope you're reading that book. Have you considered evidence beyond a shadow of a doubt? I hope you're reading that, because it'll help you. So, Joel Witnesses said he never wanted himself to be, oh, yes, he did. Uh, And these people at the scene kept trying to stone Jesus for his blasphemy. Why? Because of his own words. In Matthew 26, 65, the high priest rent his clothes saying, you've spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now we have heard his blasphemy. In Mark 2, 7, it says, why does this man thus speak blasphemies? In John 10, 33, it says, uh, Jesus says, uh, answered him saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. Because that thou... Being a man, makest thyself God. How much clearer can it be? John 10, 33. How much clearer can it be? The people at the scene of the, of the event that understood Moses' law, thou shalt have no other gods before me. They got it. And when he started taking credit that only God in heaven could have credit for, they began to put two plus one plus one together, and it made two that this man is making himself equal with God. Not two gods, 
No, no. Jews would never have thought that. But he's making himself equal with God somehow. And it was blasphemy. Blasphemy why it was punishable by death. They thought he was making himself God, period. They ought to know. They ought to know. Because they knew who God was, were close to the event, and were as way more reliable than a Jehovah Witness who tries to convince you through subtlety that somehow Jesus... I don't know what it's telling me. Jesus never, never accepted the fact about that when they said he was a son of God, never accepted it. Well, he never contradicted it. Have you ever heard of tacit permission? T-A-C-I-T, tacit permission. That's permission given uh, when you don't say no. It's like, it's like uh, your wife says, comes up to you and says, can I buy that new dress? And, and you, ne- you never said anything. You just said yes. That's tacit permission. Because if you don't say no, then she can go do it. Girls, study up on this. This is good. Getting busy. Hey, I want to go by. Oh, I didn't answer. I must be all right. And so that te- they, they, uh, he, by the fact that he never, and, and, he, and he, he did refer to himself as the son of God. I mean, they are wrong on that. So this, the first thing is the evidence of the people who were closest to the event tells us that he was who he said he was, God. The testimony of Jesus to his own identity in verses 19 through 24 he had a relationship with the Father that no one else had at all. In verse 19, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. You see, the Father do that those sort things he doeth, he also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, showeth him all things whatsoever, whatsoever things he doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, that he may marvel. He's made in the very image of God. Basically what the Father does, Jesus does. And so he is the very image of God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. The word, you look it up any way you want to look at it, anywhere you want to look it up. Express image means exact duplication, copy. An impression, as they used to make a coin. That's why he said in John chapter 14, verse 9, if you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the Father. Why are you asking to show us the Father? If you see me, I'm exact. I am the visible image. Here's what's been put. One commentary guy put it like this. I liked it. Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. God is a spirit. We don't relate to spirit. It's invisible. We need something to relate to. Jesus, God's son, came as God manifests in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, received up in the glory. He came so we could have relationship, and he could with us, and we could with him. Both directions, by the way. And uh, the intimacy that he mentions here is inseparable. The, word, the word's all powerful. We see the son's equality with the father's character and attributes. We see he's the image of the father, does what the father does, says what the father says. He's got equality with the father's character and attributes. In verse 21, for as the Father raised the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son of Man quickeneth whom he will. You're talking about the control of life and death there. So he says, I have control of life and death. By the way, according to Hebrews chapter 2, verse, verse 14, it says, For much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. Who was that? 
The devil. It's big when you control power of life and death. The devil had that power. And he lost it to Jesus when he conquered him. He destroyed the devil in his works. For the Father judges no man and committed all judgment to the Son. He's all-knowing like the Father. He, he's, he's all, I'm trying to get through this before it gets too late, but he's all-present also like the Father. Verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life shall not come into condemnation but pass from death to life. Who can do that unless you're there to hear it? When, when people get saved, who's there to hear it? He said he is. No one can hear and save anyone who calls on him unless he's present there to hear it. His invitation to save is based on his hearing those who call. The son's equality, the third thing is the son's equality, equal honor and worship with the father, we see in verse 23. That all men should honor the son even as they honor the father. He honoreth not the son, honoreth not the father who has sent him. And so that is almost enough if you didn't have any other place in the Bible to go to. There's so much evidence on this. But if you have any place else to go to, that would be it right there. Because we know that you're not supposed to worship any other, the Ten Commandments. The first four of the Ten Commandments is an exclusivity of God and Him worship. Don't have an image that looks like any, don't worship any image, don't put an image up you think that looks like God. Uh, you'll not see a picture of Jesus in my house. I'm not being mean. I know that the, the guy that painted the picture of Jesus in 1942 or 3 or wherever it was, is if you, my mother had one, praying hands, knocking at the door. You know, I, I get it. I get it. But I'm just trying to be real, real close to where the book's at on this. Don't make any graven image and worship it. Now, people say, I don't worship the painting. Fine. You also don't know what Jesus looked like. And I can tell you this, Jesus was not handsome. I know that. You show me your verses where you think he was handsome. I'll show my verses where, I, where he, was, he was ugly. I mean, homely. I mean, homely. There was nothing to look on Jesus that would attract you and say, oh, that's a real leader. Now, you know, I know we get this in our head. We're sold this. Bill of Goods, but Isaiah 53 says, no, no, that's not so. And I, th I think sometimes we're, we're in this day and age of, 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 of looking like a leader and walking like a leader and talking like a leader that if Jesus came among us, we may be tempted to miss him. He's among those disciples all the time, and even into it a while, they're still wondering, is it, is, is, who is this? Stop. That's because he was so man, so much man, so real man, that they thought he was real man. And he was. He also was real God. That he hid. That's why he'd heal somebody and say, don't tell anybody. Don't, don't go around telling anybody. Don't, no, 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 don't spread it. His hour had not come. There was a time he confessed it before the Sanhedrin. What'd they do? They crucified him. He knew that would come. As soon as, they, as soon as he got out and got playing with them, you're going to see the Son of Man coming with his angel. Boop! Blasphemy! Let's take him away. Crucify him. And that's what they did. And you see why he didn't go around saying, hey, I'm, I am, you know, Christ the Son of the living God. 
Because they stoned him early on, crucified him. He controlled when he died. He controlled when he died, where he died, how he died, everything. No man taketh my life from me, but I lay it down. The crucifixion was well orchestrated to the very moment that he said, into thy hands commend I my spirit. The Son is equal in honor and worship with the Father. We're to honor the Son even as, this is a verse I use on Joe Witnesses if you want to do that. This is a good one, John 5, 23. I'll say you people relegate Jesus and the Mormons to some sort of a second rate. In other words, he's another God. He is a, he is a lower God than the God who created everything or made everything. Somehow they try to do this, and they use various wording on it. I've spent hours with them, and I can tell you that they're, 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 they, you'll never convince me that Joe Witnesses or Mormons, not one of them are going to go to heaven, not one of them, that believe what their doctrine is because their doctrine denies the person of Jesus Christ and who he really was biblically. And I don't believe you can do that and be saved. So he says, I'm in it with the Father. I'm an express image of the Father. I'm all powerful like the Father. I'm all knowing like the Father. I'm all present like the Father. And I am to receive equal honor with the Father. Jesus, indeed, as I believe it is 1 Timothy 3.16 says, God, the word theos in the Greek, manifest in the flesh. Oh, we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. Why is it important what I'm teaching tonight? Why is it important? Because if he's anything less, he can't do what he said he'd do. You with me? He said if he's less than what the Bible says he is here and what we talked about, then he's not going to be able to do what he said he was going to do. And indeed, he was crazy or he was a liar. Crazy means self-deceived. A liar mean intentionally deceiving the people. The third logical alternative is he was Lord. I like that one. I believe he was Lord, who he said he was. I'm excited about meeting him. How about you? I'm excited about meeting Jesus. Oh, let's talk about Jesus. The King of Kings is he. Oh, yeah, that's a good song. Somebody sing that song. Um, I believe he deserves our best, our devotion, our lives, our all. When you work for God, you cannot overwork for God. Oh, don't you worry about how much you've given to God or how much you've labored for God or how much you've sacrificed for God. Oh, don't you get, don't you ever go into a, a pity party on all what you've done for God because you'll never even come close to what he's done for you. You can't even begin to believe. And you, don't, and you and I don't even know what's coming. Oh, he's told us I have not seen, ear, not heard, heard uh, what God prepared for them that love him. I know that. He just says it's so big I couldn't describe it to you. You wouldn't believe it if I tried to. He, he did say I prepared a mansion for you. Yeah, he did say that. He said don't be troubled, by the way, because I'm taking, going to take good care of you. Oh, Bobby Rose. Would not come back if you begged him. <laughs> Marilyn, you watching? 
You watch him, Marilyn, Bobby wouldn't want to come back. My, oh my. Even if God let him come back as a 45-year-old strong man like he used to be. He'd say, no, Marilyn, you got to come to me. And by the way, you'd look a lot better in heaven. But never mind. <laughs> I still say this, and I'll say it publicly. Marilyn looks good for a 90-year-old woman. She always gets on me. She says, I'm not 90 years old. You keep it up, you will be. <laughs> Father, thank you for the few minutes we have together. Thank you for the Bible, Word of God. Thank you, it's so clear and plain. It's knowable, repeatable, demonstrable, provable. We can, we, can, we can put our lives, and actually we're asked to lay our lives down for it. We pray that, it, Father, that... Uh, You'd save us by your grace and mercy uh, as we serve you day by day. You are the Savior of the whole world, they believe. Father, we pray that somebody in this room may not know Christ their personal Savior, may not have given their life. There's a, there's a difference between being saved and giving your life to God. I hope that you have had a time in your life where you, pounded, you put the stake down on the ground, pounded it in, said, everything I have is God's and I'm going to serve him. He's going to be number one. In my reading, number one, in my time, my treasure, and my talent. It's just going to be number one. God help us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 Nine four seven one two eight five. Thank you, and God bless.